Yo, what's up, Granny Fannies? We are back with our first episode of the second half of the season. Took a week off last week, as you know. Watched that All-Star game. It was incredibly boring. Maybe the worst dunk contest I've ever seen. But we've got a great episode planned for today. Really excited for the second half of the season. So we're going to be talking the trade deadline, buyouts, contenders versus pretenders, everything that you could want for the second half of the season. But before we dive into that, and I welcome Biz and Don to the show, let's get it started as we always do with the granny quiz question of the week. You guys know by now that the question is themed around the topics for the day. And since we didn't have one last week, we have a bonus question. So two questions today. And they're both going to be themed around trades and players being on multiple teams. The first question is, name the most traded player in NBA history. I'll give you a hint. He is currently rostered in the NBA. The second question is, name the current NBA player who has played on the most NBA teams. As always, we will reveal the answers at the end of the episode. Yo, yo, Don, Biz, how's it going? What's up, Brian? Just just hanging out, actually not in Charlotte today, in Charleston, South Carolina. I think the first time I've really been out since the COVID lockdowns happened over a year ago. It's weird. There's no laws down here. No laws when you're drinking claws, but yeah, no one, no one gives a fuck down here. So it's, uh, it's nice to be into a different environment. Uh, still staying safe, wearing the mask mask up everyone but uh once again you know i'm here team don's here day after day grinding in the granny fanny lab and delco is nowhere to be found he's he's running now you know yeah he, he has other things going on i guess but um you know i wait i wait for him to come back but uh i'm ready to talk some basketball i i think team delco will make a make a comeback a strong comeback coming coming after team don but you mentioned that there's no laws down there apparently they also don't have podcast microphones don is that true it is fact yeah you're not allowed to enter south carolina with a podcast microphone oh yeah yeah i can tell biz welcome back to the show for the second time yeah what's good granny fam how we doing i'm doing well because i get to be here today delco scrubbing some big shoes to fill though uh pretty nervous about that i'm sweating bullets but i'm gonna do my best Hopefully not to be too much of a whipping board for Dan like Delco normally is, but uh, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm ready to participate. You have an eager and willing uh, podcast guest today. All right, well, let's jump into it. So we didn't have an episode last week, right? We, we took a week off sort of like the NBA and players go on vacation, take some time with their family. We did the same. We planned that, of course. Not really. But um, so the All-Star game, what did you guys think? Just real quick. I, I'll give you my personal opinion. I thought it was the worst All-Star game in 10 plus years, maybe more. I didn't even watch it. So I, I already knew it was going to be bad. And when I saw, honestly, you can tell when you see the who's like in the All-Star dunk contest. It's if it's not Zach Levine, I don't want to watch it. Nobody <laughs> wants to be in the dunk contest. Like, look at the guys that were in it. Players that heart like Cassius Stanley, I'm pretty sure, hasn't even played a game in the NBA yet. He's in the dunk contest. Yeah, I had, had no interest whatsoever. So I didn't even watch it. I was going through. We did have, you know, you, me, Ryan, we did show up last week a little bit. And we had our picks going. I think we ended up in a tie from from last week's All-Star picks. I may actually have won that now that I think about it. Yeah, I, I'm losing my memory there. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, it fades quickly. Now, funny story on that is uh, I actually did enter an All-Star pool and it kept it slightly interesting for me. And my girlfriend also entered the pool, knows pretty much nothing about basketball, ended up getting second place and winning 150 bucks. That was fun. So I was, what were those questions like? I was just predicting who you thought was going to win type stuff. Okay. But yeah, I, if anyone's trying to get into the all-star game in the future, I highly recommend it because it just made all stuff like that a lot more interesting. Even, even in years like this year where nothing really seemed to be interesting at all about the all-star game. Yeah, but my boy uh, Giannis showed up big time. He was like 16 for 16 at one point in the All-Star game. Like, he, dude, he hit three threes 
I was like, what do you, he's on my fantasy team. I'm like, show up in the, yeah. in the game. Like, come on. Banking threes and shit too. Uh, it yeah. was just all going for him. So let's move on. Like speaking of, of Giannis, right? The Bucks are one of those teams that I think we'll probably get into a bit today. And we're moving into the second half of the season. I want to see what your first half call outs are, particularly around contenders and wannabe contenders. I think there's definitely two or three teams out there all together where everyone would agree yeah they're contenders but then i think there's a bunch of teams that people would consider wannabe contenders and maybe they're missing a, a piece or two before they go from that wannabe pretender type team to a contender like a real true contender type team and i think personally the bucks are one of those teams other teams i think from my side is every team in the east aside from the nets when I say every team in the East, I mean the obvious ones, the Bucs, the Heat, the Celtics, but uh, and then multiple teams in the West. So th- those would be my first half call outs. But any contender, pretender type calls from you guys there? Um, I mean, I think the 76ers are the obvious contender. And as we've mentioned in previous podcasts, me and Delco harped on this a lot with Embiid and his pre- injury prevalence and how that's more than likely going to happen. And it did happen, as we saw. Luckily, they escaped without any structural damage to his knee. But overall, right, that's going to be a huge loss. Um, trying to make up and hold that first place with obviously the the Nets right behind them for the first seed. The Charlotte Hornets, I think, are a real contender. I don't I don't think they're pretending. I think, what? Wait, a contender for what? Like to make the playoffs? Yeah, that's it's going to be a hot take of mine later. But I think they could make a push. I really do. I think Lamella Ball offers a lot to that team in regards to creating not only frustration in the opposite squad, but also in producing a fun team that can push uh, a competing team to seven games and potentially pull it out. So that's going to be a hotter take down the road. But yeah, in the, in the East, I don't see anyone, in my opinion, obviously besides the Nets, the 76ers are the only people I think right now that could beat them. Uh, again, I think there are teams like the Hornets that could have like spark runs. And then in the West, it's it's all the jazz for me. Um, and then you just can't, you can't discount LeBron and the Lakers. But to note, the Portland Trailblazers are sitting at fifth. They're coming up on third seed, which uh, me and Delco did call out earlier this season. So even with all those injuries that they've had, they found their way with some defense, and they're sneaking up the leaderboard right now. So we'll see how they how they shake out at the end of the season. But I think it's very interesting that with CJ out, with Nurkic out, they've been able to be two games out of third and uh, three games out of second. That's pretty impressive. They're so also think, three games out of not making the playoffs. Also yeah. worth noting as well. Yeah, it, it is tight, but I think, I mean, when they get CJ back and Nurkic back, I would assume they continue to stay at least in that spot. Well, um, see. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, I, this is such a clusterfuck year. It's it's hard to tell besides like the Nets and the Lakers that, you know, those two, it's all about superstars, right? Who do you have who can really push the needle into a championship? Yeah, Biz, what do you think? Well, I uh, I like Dan's point on the Blazers. I'll just pick up there since that's where he left off. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting because they have nothing but you would think uh, more tailwinds coming to lift their sails, right, uh, with those guys coming back from injury. I mean, Nurkic and McCollum are starters on, on most teams in the NBA, if not every team, uh, where you don't have a massive center or something or, or another great shooting guard. So I, I, think, that, I think that you would – be tempted to say they're a lock for the playoffs in the West. But um, if I didn't have this handy dandy basketball reference tool showing me that they have one of the weakest strengths of schedules already played and one of the toughest ones coming up, then I don't know. It would be more of a lock. But like Ryan said, they're only a couple games out of completely missing the playoffs. I will say that I feel confident saying that it would finish in the six to 10 range or the eight to 10 range for the playing game. But if it was traditional playoffs, I think they'd be out. Something that Dan mentioned on the Sixers, I think that if we will assume for this podcast that Embiid will come back like normal, I think that they're real contenders as well. I think that they match up pretty well with everybody and Embiid gives everybody a problem. So I see that as a real team and a real contender. But you seem to think not, right? And I don't agree with that. Yeah, no, I just I don't think that the Sixers have what it takes right now to beat the Nets. So like when when we're talking contenders, like I'm looking at the Eastern Conference and I'm saying, do I think the Sixers can get out of the East? And right now, I don't think they can because I just don't think they could beat the Nets. Now, do I think they can make some moves to push them into that contender realm? Yes. 
And let's talk about some of those moves. I'm not even going to talk about the Blazers because the Blazers, sure, they'll make the playoffs, but I don't think there's anything they can do to make them a contender. The West is too stacked. I just don't see it happening. Um, if you guys want to bring that up, go for it. But let's talk about the Sixers. Um, so I think that the number one possible target that most folks see for the Sixers right now, at least the most talked about one, is Kyle Lowry. And can the Sixers pull Kyle Lowry in from the Raptors? So one, how realistic do you guys think that is? And two, if they make that trade, and, and let's just assume that the trade involves probably Seth Curry, um, a couple picks, and maybe Danny Green, right? So the Sixers would lose a little bit of the depth, but they would add Kyle Lowry. Does that make them a contender in your eyes? No, no, it doesn't. Well, Don, yeah, you've I mean, always hated Kyle Lowry. He just doesn't do anything to push them into a championship or to beat the Nets. And like, why would the Raptors do that? They'd have like eight shooting guards on that team. The Raptors are doing it for the future. The, the, the Raptors would be obviously giving up on this year and they're doing it for the the picks that would come along with it. I don't think. See, here's the thing is no one can card. No one can guard Kevin Durant. Like, I'm not really worried about Kyrie Irving. I think Simmons is a fine defender. I think Simmons is potentially one of the best defenders in the NBA. He might even be a defensive player of the year. I don't really have a problem with Kyrie Irving. I don't really have a problem with many people besides Kevin Durant. Like, you have to find out who can guard him. That's the big question mark. And I think that, right, the biggest thing is finding someone who can take on that role. Wow. You are really, really, uh, Killing Lowry, man. I, I think you're disrespecting the guy. I think that he's a winner. And I think that Kyle Lowry and his just his personality, like his play style, and just like him as a as a as a dude, as a hooper, he will play however he thinks he needs to play to help his team win. And I think the fact that he has NBA finals experience is would be big for an entirely unproven 76ers team. I think he would fit in pretty yeah. nicely next to Simmons. I mean, I think Simmons can do a decent job checking Durant. No one's going to stop the guy. All right. It's Kevin Durant, seven foot, like three point bomber. Like you're not going to like shut him down, but Simmons would do decently well to like hold him. And I think there's a couple pieces that actually make it possible. Tyrese Maxey's somebody that I think uh, the Sixers might like, but they would be willing to give up uh, to uh, maybe a ambitious Raptors team couple picks obviously it'd be tough with Danny Green um to lose him but you know I think Kyle Lowry would be a great fit on the Sixers and I think what I'm getting at is I don't think he would mind taking a back seat as far as being a decision-making ball dominant guard he could take some of the load off Simmons but I think he'd be I think he'd fit in pretty well and he would adapt his style to fit a team and maybe give another go in a championship uh, for a championship in a city where he's got some uh some ties to yeah I just completely disagree like you talk. You talk about Simmons on Kevin Durant. Like who's car, who's guarding James Harden? I put no, like, the, the the Nets are unguardable. Like I mean, yeah, that's the I mean, point. but like the I think that the thought is that Lowry kicks them in the direction of possibly being able to beat the Nets in a series, as opposed to right now, where I, I don't think that they can. But I, I, I mean, I, there I think there is an argument to be made that Lowry taking on Lowry is not worth the the depth that they would lose in that trade by giving up like a Danny green and giving up like a Seth Curry and, and whoever else salary filler wise, they'd have to give up. I think that's a fair argument, but I also think that Daryl Morey would be able to pull in some other veterans on the side. I think PJ Tucker is an option to bring in to the Sixers as well. That could be a separate deal. So I, I think like if they were to do this trade, it wouldn't be the only trade that the Sixers did or the only buyout option that the Sixers did. I think they would do more to, to try to fill in the bench holes that were left by bringing in Kyle Lowry. Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think they could just make this one move and then, you know, say, okay, we're ready. Especially we talked all offseason about how we were so excited that they added guys like Seth Curry and Danny Green. More distribution for Ben Simmons. It added some some nice defense to the team. We talked we talked it up, talked it up. And let's not forget, they're in the first seed. Uh, if they get the first seed, this is one team that I've mentioned before is amazing at home. So I know like there's no fans right now or very minimal fans, but they do have an outstanding home record and they've they have, you know, yeah. season after season. So if they can secure that, we got interesting times. But we're talking about Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and Kevin Durant on the same team. And now they're continuing to add players. It's like... But we're talking much. about the Sixers, Dan. We're not, I mean, like, yes, the Nets are like... Who I know, but in talking, about the, but 
And talking about the Sixers, we have to talk about. But the you wouldn't, you wouldn't do it. You wouldn't do the trade for Lowry if you were the Sixers. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't trade my hotel room right now for Kyrie Lowry. <laughs> like I, I just, I, I'm not a big fan of him. I think he's he's great for what he is, but again, I the only reason he won a championship, he's got a beautiful smile. Kawhi. I mean, if without Kawhi, he'd never see a ring. No hate. It's just he's not. He's not an all star. He's not. He's not true holiday. It's like so much hate and just prefacing it with no hate, as if as if he didn't say just multiple things that were wrong. The truth hurts sometimes. So much disrespect to Kyle. So much disrespect. Is is there anything else that the Sixers can do in your eyes that would make them say favorite? Is Tory Craig available? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> All right. So the Sixers. It sounds like we're kind of split there. Nikki, are, are you doing that trade if you're the Sixers? Kyle Lowry? I am. I'm making an all-out push. I think they want Kyle Lowry in the future anyway. I mean, he's got, what, one year left on his deal. Nikki's uh, a Philly boy. He just wants to hang out with Lowry down there. I mean, dude, Lowry and I are boys. You guys know he and I had a little run-in. I have photo evidence that homie was at my parking deck about a year and a half ago. I can shoot that out on the socials if y'all don't believe me. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I, I don't guy. believe you. I don't want to see it. Wow, wow. It's going to have to come then. Was that, was that pre or post uh, NBA championship? That was post NBA championship. And honestly, as you guys know, maybe the granny fannies don't, but I'm a huge Kawhi fan. And I almost, I had to stop myself about four times about asking him, like, yo, how was it playing with the Kawhi? Like, yo, how, what's Kawhi like? And I'm like, yo, this is a star. Shut the fuck up and just like gawk at the guy in front of you who's a star. Yeah, he, um, he's probably like Kawhi's a fucking robot, man. I, <laughs> it's like, yo, no personality, dog. <laughs> uh, no, Kyle, Kyle uh, he, he was a really nice guy, honestly. And he, he, we all know he has ties to Philly. I think that they would welcome him. But what I'm getting at is like the Sixers, like what's the point of the process? This is where they make the push. They need to, I think they should sell out for Tyrese Maxey is someone that they really like and stuff. But like, is he on the same timeline as Embiid and Simmons? I don't know. When's Tyrese Maxey going to be like somebody worth starting and getting 30 minutes a game? I think you should just sell on that stock right now. Get your futures out. Sell a 2021 draft pick. This is a deep draft. Maybe your second round draft pick means more than normal. I think that this is where Masai Ujiri would probably be like, yo, he's licking his chops. Like, I know they want Lowry. What can I pull? What can I extract from the entire Sixers organization to give them someone they think is going to push them over the edge? Yeah, so I agree with you. And I, I want to move on from the Sixers, but you, you bring up Masai and and... I just want to call out, you got two of maybe the best GMs in the league, two of the better GMs in the league that would be negotiating this deal. And Daryl Morey, newly to the Sixers, he's usually pretty active and not shy making deals around the trade deadline. So I'm not going to be shocked at all if he makes a trade like this for the Sixers. I think he wants to make a splash in his first year there. Um, so let's talk about some other teams in the East, right? You've got the Bucks and you've got the Celtics and you've got the Heat. I think those are the only other ones that could potentially make some sort of move into that. We feel like we're real contenders tier. So let's um, I'm not even going to start with any particular one. I just want to hear from you guys. Which one do you think is maybe just one move away? And what's that move or that type of move? I don't think any team is one move away. I'm just going to say right now, I, I look at the Nets and I see how much superpower stardom they have. It's just... It's insane to think that any team could possibly compete with them. I think the Bucks are there. I think they could pull it off, but they'd have to bring in one guy that I like. Actually, it's Harrison Barnes for them. I don't know if we've talked about that before, but I think he brings a lot of veteran presence, a lot of scoring capability for that team. And I think the way you're going to beat the Nets is in a shootout. I think you're going to need to see um, a lot of a lot of players scoring across the floor. And they have that, right? They have Giannis, they have Middleton, they have Drew distribution-wise. Um, they have a nice center in Brooke Lopez who, even though his numbers have dropped, he does play the game efficiently and a uh, nice defensive presence. And I think a lot of it rides on like who shows up for them. But again, I think when you pull into their bench, you have DiVincenzo getting very solid minutes. He probably shouldn't be at that rate right now. Um, so I actually like them pulling in a player like Harrison Barnes who can do a lot of things across the board. But again, can score the key to the key to the Nets and beating the Nets is going to be about outscoring them, which is going to be nearly impossible. But you have to keep up with that pace. And I don't think any defense like no matter how good your defense is, I don't think you're stopping the Nets from scoring 100 plus every game. And so that's where I see them kind of needing to fill that role. I don't like it. Nikki, I want to hear your thoughts. 
but I'll, I, I'll, I'll rip on team Don after I hear yours. <laughs> I'll be quick then. I honestly, the only team, I think the Bucks are the only other team worth talking about. I, I mean, Miami self, I think the Celtics are just a little out of sorts this season and I don't think they have enough to get going. Uh, personally, the Miami heat, I thought last year that performance in the bubble was a, an experiment, honestly, that they happen to be prepared for as far as like their conditioning and whatnot. I think that they were mentally tough enough to do everything. And the hurdles put in the, in front of every team last year helped them because they were just better at handling the bubble strains. Um, but this year, I just, I don't think, I don't see them as a serious contender. I think last year was like a little bit more flash in a pan that they caught and like, yo, like, let's just make the best of this shit situation. And they did a really good job at it and they ended up in the finals. Um, but I don't think they have any chance of being someone serious of getting to the Eastern Conference finals, let alone beating any of the top three guys, the the, the, the Sixers, Nets, or the Bucks. Celtics are out. Everyone else after that's pretty much trash. You don't think the Heat can beat the Bucks? Uh, maybe, but they would have if I don't know. How do you see them? The only way they can get to the finals is if they see the Bucks in the Eastern Conference Finals. That's the only way for me. There's no way they beat the Nets or the Sixers. That he can't do that. No way. So unless I mean, it would have to be some crazy. I see, I, I've, I'm, I'm a lot higher on the Heat than both of you. Ooh. So I, the one, the the Heat you need to cool have, off, Mister. The the Heat have quietly won ten of eleven. They're, they're quietly sneaking their way back into the way that they were playing towards the end of last year. And I'll, keep in mind, Jimmy Butler's been hurt a lot of the season. They've had a lot of injuries all year. I actually do think that the Heat can make a move. And I'm not going to say they're going to make a move and they're then they're going to be the favorites to come out of these, but I think they can make a move to put themselves in that same tier as the Sixers in terms of the biggest challengers to the Nets. And I think it's around Oladipo. I think if the Heat can add Oladipo and Oladipo can play close to the level that he played at, um, even towards the end of last season, obviously if he plays the way that he did in his all-star season of the Pacers, then even better. But I think that the heater very realistic possibility to get both Oladipo and PJ Tucker. And I think adding those two guys without giving up too much, put them in that tier that makes them either the first or second most challenging team to the nets. What's too much for you without giving up too much. Yeah. I I don't think it's going to take a lot to get Oladipo because one, he, the, the Rockets know he doesn't want to stay there. He already turned down a massive contract. So everybody knows that they can wait until the end of the season and maybe get him for free. So I don't think anyone's going to offer too much. I think the only reason that there would be a, a significant bidding war is because supposedly the Knicks want him too, but the Knicks would only make any sort of offer if they thought that Oladipo was going to resign at the end of the season. So I think that all it's going to take is something like Kendrick Nunn and a pick and salary filler, right? So you'd probably have to toss in Iguodala. I know people like Iguodala in the playoffs, but he's old and like I, I just don't think he's making that much of an impact, the same type of impact that he used to. So you'll have to throw in Kendrick Nunn, Iguodala, and then a couple salary fillers. But yeah, aside aside from that, like to me, I think it's worth making a swing to get Oladipo and PJ Tucker this season because I think it does put them in that level where they could potentially make a run again. Why not? Boo. <laughs> Boo. Boo this man. Dude, that is... that No, that's not going to work. What's Oladipo, wrong with that? Oladipo... First of all, you're talking about Oladipo like he is essentially a god. I'm not, not I'm not talking about Oladipo he's, like he's a god. I'm, I'm saying he would be a nice fit onto the the Heat team. He, he brings uh, like a toughness that that Heat team's cultured around. You know, that right, other, why, another two-way guard next to Jimmy Butler. I actually love the fit at the Heat with Pearl Oladipo. I hate that. I hate, I hate it. I think their chemistry right now is, is really nice. I think, first of all, you talk about the Heat. You said disrespect to the Heat. I'm Don, right? Like, I love the Heat. <laughs> like, don't talk about Tyler Harrow like that. Like, don't don't try to get his minutes less with Oladipo, a guy who can who can barely play these days. He looks good sometimes, but he's not. He's going to break up that team chemistry, which is I. You, the one thing you're forgetting is that team's chemistry I don't is think amazing. So. I don't think yeah, so. Dude, that's about impossible. So. You're bringing on a completely new player. You're getting rid of Kendrick, a really nice prospect. You're going to give Oladipo more minutes, taken away from Duncan Robinson, Tyler Harrow across the board. These are guys who are glue players for that team. And you're talking about they won nine of ten. I mean, those who have they played? They played the Bulls, the Magic, the Hawks, the Thunder. Like it's who not cares? like been... they've won nine of ten. They're winning the games you're supposed to win is important. I agree with that, but when you're playing the bottom feeders, I, I feel like 
there's something to be said about they did they did have a nice win against the Jazz. I'll give you that. But coming off, oh that, yeah, wait, let me just forget to mention the number one team in the league. Well, they lost by 14 to the Hawks before that. They lost to the Warriors, the Clippers, the Jazz. So like it's, they beat the Jazz, lost to the Jazz against the top tiers. They're they're not winning. Like yeah, against the bottom feeders, sure, but it's not a, it's not a, about how you play against the lower teams. It's about how you perform against the higher teams. And uh, so, what's your hit. point? What is your point? My point is Oladipo is not pushing them into that. Okay, we're going to compete with the Nets. But why would you? So you wouldn't do that deal. You wouldn't do a Kendrick Nunn swap for Oladipo this season. Essentially, a Kendrick Nunn and on Iguodala plus. No, I definitely would not do that. I mean, why? I would, but I don't think it gets them anywhere. I'm I'm in between you two guys. Sure, do it. I just don't think Oladipo is going to push them, you know, to that next tier of serious contender to Brooklyn. To Brooklyn, really. I mean. I, yes, Ryan, what you're saying makes sense to me. Logic checks out. I would rather have Oladipo than Kendrick Nunn and some filler, whatever. I would. I think the Heat should sell high on Kendrick Nunn. I think a lot of teams think he's worth it. I just don't think Oladipo is going to get them to where you're saying he was going to get them. But yes, if I was Miami, oh, wait, where, where you, I want to What do you win. think I'm saying? Because I said I think that they're going to, they would be in the same tier as the Sixers in terms of challengers go. Yes, I don't think that's true. I think they would still be below the Sixers in terms of challengers. I don't think they're that they're that good, even with Oladipo. So, but like I said, I disagree with Dan. I think they should still do it. It's worth it, but I don't think that's enough. That's not going to push them that much higher, in my opinion. Just like, just like kind of Mario Kart, just like one mushroom. You don't get the three mushrooms or the golden mushroom. Just a little boost. It's not really like super significant. You can still definitely lose. I mean, it's still, it's still well worth it. And in, in my mind, I don't, I just don't really get why you wouldn't do that if you were the, if you were the the Heat, if anything, I think that the the holdout would be on the Rocket side trying to get more for Oladipo. I'm with you, man. Do it. I just I disagree with the results of that. You say it's going to push them into some like next level contender. Like okay, they're almost. I as think good they as would the be better than the Sixers. I really do. Oh, and, I would. And you're, can Don, shake you're, on you're, something? Your arguments on on um, on chemistry, I, I just don't buy that. Spolstra is a master at managing expectations and managing chemistry and managing egos. He's done it really his entire coaching career. So I, I I think he would handle it great. And I think they'd have just as much depth. They don't have to give up Tyler Hero. Tyler Hero can still play and he can even still start. He could even be that guy off the bench that they want to have. I I love it. I think regardless of whether it happens this season, I think it's going to happen next season. So we'll be able to see one way or another. I just don't, I have nothing to say to you. I can't even, I can barely look at you. I like the PJ Tucker ad. I think that that helps him, but I don't like getting rid of Iggy as well. Like, Iggy still plays 20-ish minutes for the team, and he may, in your eyes, he's, he may not be the Iggy of old, but he's still playing 20-ish important minutes for that team, and he's going to be going against right these teams in the playoffs that he's going to have a large defensive role, and it's going to be very important. I think there's a lot of deficiencies that Oladipo has that will be exposed on that team, and I, I don't think they, should, they need a high-volume, inefficient shooter. Yes, I don't. I, I think I think Oladipo doesn't have to be a high volume shooter, right? He's he's been a high volume. That's who shooter he is, though. Years. That is who he is. No, he doesn't. I don't think he has to be that guy. And he, he there's been there's been years when Oladipo has been very efficient. So we can move on because we're obviously not not going to agree here. But I, I think that him wanting to go to a team like the Heat, wanting to go to like a contender, is him indicating that he's willing to take a step back in terms of a role goes, and he understands that it's Jimmy Butler's team, and he understands that it's a team culture, and he just needs to slot in, play defense, hit shots, and be that secondary kind of second or, or third scorer on the team. That That's why I like it. I hope it happens, and, I, and I'm now a bigger Heat fan than Don. Yeah, I mean, I, I love fairy tales too. Like, you know, I, I like wish time, but this isn't wish time. Oladipo shoots 30% high volume season after season. This season he's doing it. The past couple of games he's doing it. He's not going to be able, he's like, oh, Oladipo is now going to go to the heat. He's going to be the super efficient five for eight, four for seven player who distributes the ball and now is a defensive god. Like, no, he's, 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 good. he's decent at defense. He's pretty good defense. He's quick, but he has an injury history. He's a high volume shooter. Not what that team needs. It's not definitely not going to put them in the Sixers level. I just want to go on record and say that if Oladipo is the only guy that the Heat bring in from Houston, then I'm going to hold my position and say that it won't matter really. And they will, they will improve, but not be pushed up to that same tier as the Sixers. If they get PJ Tucker, it matters a little bit more. I love Ryan bringing up Oladipo's efficient seasons. He had one season where he shot 47%. Other than that, 41%, 43, 42, 39, multiple 39% field goal percentage seasons. 
He had like, two, his last two seasons have been inefficient, but he's also been coming off an injury and he's been like supposed to be the star of the team. Like I, I still think he can be an efficient guy and I think he would be on, on the heat when he's not the primary scorer. I, I think this conversation's over. We'll, we'll just have to see how it goes and, and we'll have to circle back and, and see who's right. But I think team down is wrong as, as always. What about the, uh, the Celtics? There's a ton of Celtics rumors floating around there from Vucevic to Harrison Barnes to Buddy to even just bolstering the bench with a guy like maybe J.J. Redick. Any of those tickle your fancy? I'm tickled by Vooch. I think I think he'd do pretty well. Though. I mean, the Celtics still have no idea what to do at center. I think that they like the idea of the Time Lord, Robert Williams, but he's not he's not there yet defensively on like a mature status i mean he's not uh the defender you would need in the playoffs offensively that's not why he's there vucevic would do stuff with them somebody get me get me a scenario where the celtics actually can get vooch how how is that possible i think that actually matters it is so i I knew this one was going to come up and i i don't like any of the possible trade scenarios for the celtics (sighs) to get vucevic because i think it every one of them involves giving up marcus smart and i don't think it's worth it He's a glue guy. I don't think you can let him go on that. I th- honestly, I think they should move Kemba, but that's me. Oh, yeah. That, they'd love to move Kemba, but they're not going to be able to. Yeah, no one wants him. I think that's that's what I was going to bring up is that we talked with Lucas on the Celtics extensively. And one of the biggest things that we talked about and I mentioned was their lack of depth. They have no depth and no value in their depth. I talked about Kemba. I won't bring him up again, but there's not going to be that intrigue for him in the free free agent market or for any other team for a trade scenario. And I think Vucevic would definitely make the biggest impact. And obviously if they could get him and keep the value that they have, then you're boosting them to, in my opinion, I think that's actually more Sixers level value for sure. But I don't see that happening. And we talked about again, Marcus smart is the glue. So yeah, I don't, I don't see it for them. Um, which is a shame because they have so much talent. It's just I don't think their planning for the season with the depth has gone the way they expected it to. And a lot what read on them making the championship was Kemba Walker and having the Kemba Walker of old. And so uh, they probably didn't expect to lose Smart. But even if they did, you know, I think it really rode on, hey, can Kemba be the player that he was in Charlotte? And he just hasn't been. So I don't see that many scenarios. What about Fournier? Maybe not for the Celtics, but anywhere else. He's, I think he's uh, definitely a target for some teams. I think if if a trade were to go through for the Celtics and, and Vucevic, I think Fournier would be a part of that deal somehow. Wow, I, that I would think be... they do know that they need they need some depth. But again, I I don't think that trade ever gets done without Marcus Smart being included. I, I just wouldn't do that if I was Celtics. I just would not be comfortable with that. I, I think Vucevic is a good player, but I I don't think he really does anything for the Celtics team that much. I, I think the Celtics really need more of an athletic four or five guy than like a facilitation type four or five guy. Well, let's not forget the Celtics have a trade exception. So they're going to be like really trying to use that this season, $29 million trade exception. So I think that they're going to try to do whatever they can. And I, uh, another option for them is Harrison Barnes, maybe buddy do either of those ones. I, I think both of those ones are a little bit more realistic, but do either of those ones typically do they move the needle though? I mean, Buddy healed like what you need another guy bombing threes on that team. Really? I don't know. Yeah, I think I think I think Buddy's less realistic than Harrison Barnes. So maybe we focus on Harrison Barnes because I, I really do think Harrison Barnes gets moved. I mean, I like I like Harrison Barnes. I think he's performed well this season. I didn't expect him to have the season he's having. I think he again, he, he does a lot of things across the board. He shoots well. He's a veteran. I definitely again, I, I like him as a player. I, I think he fills a lot of voids for some of these playoff contending teams. I just with the Celtics specifically, I don't think it really makes them that much better. I think, I mean, I think they should. If they can go get him, they need him. If they like have any remote fantasy expectation of winning a championship, they need to go get someone like him. But again, it's it's wish time still. Is if we're doing wish time, do you think that maybe I'm just looking at the Indiana Pacers here in ninth place? Is there any way that they can still salvage a Miles Turner lift or or is that totally not possible? I think it's possible, but unlikely at this point. I think um, anything that the supposed deal that that Danny Ainge apparently offered, right, whether they actually did or not, that's to be determined. That supposed deal that he offered at the beginning of the season, I think anything that that offer was is probably he would have to offer more now, which to me makes the deal less likely. 
right? Like it, he would have to go back and be like, oh, you know what? That deal that I said no to, I'll actually give you more for it now. It'd be like a huge ego slam on Danny Ainge, which, you know, honestly, I think he needs, he could use it. Just a thought. I feel like he'd be like what Ryan said, athletic four or five. I mean, cause I'm looking at the Celtics and thinking, okay, who's above them in the standings. They got to deal with a monster and Embiid. They got to deal with Giannis at some point. I mean, yeah. is Vooch going to help them? Not really. So then I was kind of thinking, yeah, maybe Ryan's right. They need someone who can really hang with those guys. Obviously Brooklyn's a different, completely different animal. They got to have to have to deal with, but an athletic four or five would be a little bit better suited. You know, it's a funny, uh, a funny possibility is Al Horford. Back to the Celtics. Interesting. Right? That would be that. That actually isn't that bad. Can he play? Uh, back yeah, I know. If you know, I mean, dude, Al Horford back to the Celtics. Like that's like not out of the question. I think it's a pretty nice fit now. That is wow. I didn't. That's Ryan. Your fourth grade teacher would be proud of you for thinking outside the box. That is like I didn't think about that at all. I'm I mean, it could be like it could be like a like a small little deal that. It's not it's not worth using their trade exception, I don't think. So I think it would be on top of some other deal that the Celtics could do. So maybe Harrison Barnes and Al Hor- Horford. Does that does that move the needle? That looks a lot better. I mean that you know, yeah, that, it does. Again, I know. That, that it's interesting. Me, You're wiggling a little bit over there, Don. Um, yeah, <laughs> I got. I had to. It feels good. Sh- yeah. I had to move my leg. Change my. Yeah. <laughs> it feels good. I mean that that definitely starts uh, again. Like us, also veteran leadership wise, right? It's a, a lot of experience going to that team, which I think they need. I, again, if Horford can stay healthy, ice his knees for 80 hours between games, that would that would definitely yeah. help. Horford hasn't looked right since he left the Celtics. You know, like it's just he, he just belongs in a Celtics uniform, too. So I, I would I would like to see that one. But I, I do tend to agree with you guys. I don't think the Celtics really can do anything to push them into that tier. That would beat the Nets. It would take something pretty drastic. But I, I hope it happens. I, the Nets, I think the Celtics are really fun to watch. Anyone else in the East? Don, you mentioned the Bucks, but I don't see any realistic trade opportunities for the Bucks. Yeah, that's that's right. You know, that's where it's. It's about that realistic possibility, right? Yeah, they kind of they, they kind of went all in in their hand to get Drew, and they really don't have many more chips to play with. So yeah, I, I, I think they, they, might, they might be able to add like a like a I don't know like a, some some buyout type guys here and there, but it's not going to be anything substantial. They're really hoping Tory Craig goes off. Just wait. I mean, again, <laughs> just just wait. Yo, Torrey, playoff, playoff T, playoff T, is- dog. That's a holo- that's a holographic Tory Craig. Let me get that Tory Craig top shot. That NFT. You guys been trading the NFTs, man? That's gonna be valuable someday. The before his first playoff explosion, for sure. Buy in now. Yeah, get in on Tory Craig now. Is that right, Don? Oh yeah, I've got I got the NFTs, baby. I'm willing and dealing. <laughs> so ridiculous. All right, we need to move on from the East. Uh one thing to to call out that we didn't mention for the Celtics that I've seen rumors floated around there is uh, LMA. I think LMA is probably going to be floated around for a lot of teams. So let's uh, let's move into to the West because I think Nikki, you might have some ideas for LaMarcus Aldridge in the West. I mean, he fits with plenty of uh, teams. Like if assuming again, I'm, I'm assuming that he wants to like play. And again, he might be willing to take a backseat to some other stars who are still in their primes. I think LMA actually would do I don't think you can make the money work, but is there any way the Clippers could land him? Anyone? Is that possible? Can someone uh, do some quick I mean, math? I, I could probably whip something up, but you were supposed to do your homework here, Biz. Well, I, my, I got this dog, and it ate my homework. Oh, God. So. Where's Delco? <laughs> <laughs> I think they could probably, I mean... The Clippers could find a way to get just about anyone. I mean, they'll sell their assets into like 2050. I don't know. I'm not big on the Marcus Aldridge. I think there's a reason the Spurs are fine letting him go. I don't think he's uh, I don't think he's that serviceable, to be honest with you. Again, it, the truth hurts, but you know, the time comes for these players where they're just not the players they were in the past. And I know Dame was talking about bringing him back to the Trailblazers. I think just for the historical aspect i think it would be cool right the memories of, of them playing together and he, i think the blazers yeah that'd be yeah, fun, I think it, so be I, fun. I, to your point about the clippers right i, I think that well, aldridge could end up on any team because i think a buyout's very very possible if not more likely than a trade 
So I don't, one, I don't think anyone's going to offer much for Aldridge because they know that there is a looming possibility of a buyout too. Because at some point, it's going to be in, in the Spurs' best interest to buy him out if they don't accept some sort of offer. Yeah, I. so then, okay, so if we assume he's bought out, I mean, how much is he willing to, I guess, sign for? I mean, like... I would think he's willing to sign a veteran minimum. That's what I was about I, to say. Is he really going to take the vet minimum? The Spurs are in a playoff position right now, so if he's willing to leave the Spurs right now, then he's only really interested in going to a team that can actually win a championship. That, that's how I see it, at least. I, I think that if they, yeah, because, I mean, what's the crazy stat? The Spurs and like haven't done an in-season trade in however many years since I was in middle school or some shit. I don't know. But so it seems like, yeah, what you said, probably going to be bought out. And then he'll sign for like the vet men for the Clippers. I mean, that'd be a huge snag for the Clips if they could if they could get him a big pickup for a Clips, that, a Clips team that I don't think is actually that impressive. Um, I, I'm kind of out on them. I was a lot hotter in the beginning of the season and... I mean, I think they need something else. If it's not LMA, do you guys think they need somebody other than their current roster? I don't think they get, it gets it done right now. I don't, I, I'm kind of losing a little bit of faith in the Clippers slightly too, but I don't hate that ad. I, I think that, that that would help them. I don't know how much, but I also could see Aldridge going to the Lakers too. But but I, let's move on from Aldridge because Aldridge, I think like I don't think he makes that that huge of an impact. Like, let's, let's talk about bigger impact type guys for Western Conference teams. What about like the Nuggets? You know, the Nuggets are a team that made the Western Conference finals last year. They lost Jeremy Grant. Uh, I think that was a huge loss. A very underrated player on their team last year. And Jeremy Grant's proving that this year. So how do they get back to the level of getting back to a conference finals? Because I don't think they have it right now. I think they kind of have it. I mean, they're seven and three in their last ten. They're clicking a little bit well. I mean, like it's like last season. No one expected them to make that run, but when Jamal Murray and Jokic get into the playoffs, magic can happen. And I think they. It would be nice to add another player. Will Barton is actually coming along nicely. I think he had a really, really rough first half of the year. In the past couple of games, that he's picked it up. By no means is he going to push them into the playoffs, but. Um, or like make a huge, huge difference, but pulling in some talent across the board. And I don't even know if it needs to be defensive. I think they just, again, I think the secret to this year and as many years, it's, it's about scoring, right? It's a, it's going to be more about offensive than defensive driven, especially with the jazz who are super efficient, super high scoring. If they go to a championship, they're probably gonna have to play the nets or any team who beats the nets are going to be putting up right. 115, 120 pretty easily. So I think there's a, a lot of players they could go get. I love JJ Redick. I think he is perfect for a lot of teams. Uh, JJ Redick is one of the most malleable players in the league, right? He can pretty much go anywhere and fit the role that he needs to do. But yeah, I, I think he shoots obviously very efficiently. He creates a lot of space. He'd be a nice addition to that team, in my opinion, in regards to producing more volume and being a nice pure catch and shoot shooting guard, which I, again, I think they need that uh, right now because they have a lot of athleticism, but in regards to just right set up and shoot, I, I don't hate it. Again, I don't know if there's that much they can do with, without giving up too much. It's that same thing we're talking about where it's like, well, yeah, they could get this, but how much do they have to give up? And I think it's the same. Well, they're thing not going to have to give up like anything to get JJ Reddick. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying. That's what, so, right. That's what but, I'm saying though. Yeah. And I, I don't think Reddick does anything in terms of moving them to, I mean, he doesn't move into the starting lineup, you know I mean? He's just going to, you know, how long can you just run yeah. off? So let's go, let's go back to another guy that we'd already talked about. Because I, I also like this fit. Harrison Barnes on the Nuggets. Yeah, I, knew I, I, I think I think that could work. And I think that would be a, ni- a nicer fit. It, Harrison Barnes isn't a stellar defender, right? But he's a he's a very serviceable and solid defender who can switch two through four at a minimum. He plays small ball four. He's done the small ball four a lot. I think uh, he would work really well in a small ball four with Jokic. So I, I do like that fit too. And I don't think that they have to give up uh, any of their key pieces. I think they would probably have to give up maybe a Gary Harris and a pick, but I, I don't think it's going to take that much more than that. So I, I do kind of like that for the Nuggets, but aside from that, there's nothing else out there that I'm like, eh, that looks really good for them without some sort of absolute blockbuster deal where they're giving up MPJ, who has been playing really well in the last seven to ten games. What about Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald? Think we can shoehorn both of those guys in their starting lineup? You'd have Jamal, Buddy, MPJ, Harrison Barnes, and Jokic, maybe ship uh, a whole lot of money that you're going to have to work out in a trade. Gary Harris and Will Barton. I mean, would you be cool letting them go? Or maybe a Paul Millsap on $10 million a year? I, it's not crazy. But I, I mean, do you like that at all? Would that matter before we even dig into it? 
I, I don't love Buddy. I think he's a okay player, but I I, I just I don't, I don't know that they need another gunslinging shooter on the Nuggets. Yeah, that's like eighty shots from that backcourt <laughs> game. I, I don't I don't love that, and I agree. I've I've been so hit or miss on Buddy, depending on if he's on my fantasy team or not. I guess I I want to like the guy, and he has games. I mean, again, he has jaw dropping games. He has tremendous talent. It's just about consistency and. And having a level head during the game, sometimes he takes erratic shots that just aren't needed. And for the for the Nuggets, I don't think that's going to fit well. I think Harrison Barnes would would do well on that team. I knew you were going to bring him up. I think <laughs> he's no Tory Craig, but right, he, he you know he fits that team pretty nicely in regards to what they can do. I still think a lot of people sleep on JJ Redick. I know he's not the sexiest thing out there. He's thirty six, but the guy can score. And Gary Harris, I'm not going to go down this tangent, but talk about disappoint disappointments for the franchise for fans of the nuggets gary harris has just not been living up to the hype that he showed he showed some promise there's a a glimpse there where he was like this guy could actually be a a really important piece in us winning or competing in the yeah i was a huge gary harris fan back in the day he's definitely been a little bit of a disappointment but i still think he plays a very important role for them so i don't think you want to give up too much defense and and great because he gary harris is usually guarding the other team's best player Right. I mean, he still does hold that role on the Nuggets. So I don't think they want to give up too much defense there. Like a Gary Harris for Buddy trade doesn't make any sense to me because you're you're just getting more offense and losing more defense. And I don't think that's what the Nuggets want. I think they need some sort of balance in what they're getting back on defense and offense. Fair enough. Yeah, I think I think one thing we can agree though is that the East is going to be a lot more active than the West. When I, I was, think so when I was, too because yeah. I think there's more te- the, those four teams in the East actually think they probably have like a real legitimate shot by making one move here and there to maybe move the needle of pushing them into the Eastern Conference Finals or or even getting through the Eastern Conference Finals. And I mean, if you're Milwaukee, Miami, or Boston, you know you just saw him B go down, and you might be thinking, okay, like this is it. Maybe he's not full health, but what, you know, all I know is him going down probably improves those guys' chances of, of getting somewhere. So yeah, I agree with you guys. The East should probably be, probably be more active. What about John Collins? Is he going to go anywhere? I don't think he's happy at Atlanta. I love John Collins fit for some teams, but that I don't, I don't, I don't know that a deal gets done this year for John Collins because it's just, really hard you're gonna have to one offer the the hawks quite a bit and two be willing to probably max john collins in a year so uh, for for a contender right to send somebody to for a contender or a wannabe contender to go get john collins i think that makes it very difficult because you're committing like very long term there i think he'd be incredible on the celtics like I think, like he's maybe like the perfect fucking fit for the Celtics, but I just don't, I don't, I just don't see a realistic scenario where that happens unless, unless the Celtics offer like, I don't even know, ton tons of first round picks, like four. I'm sure Ainge will tell the world that they offered like you know the entire franchise just for him. Yeah, I, I, I mean, but guys, there's there's like so many possibilities here, and like you said, the East is more likely to be a little bit more active, but. It doesn't matter what anyone does in the West, or you guys just think the Lakers are coming out. Do you guys actually think that the Jazz or the Suns or the Clippers have a chance? Yeah, I actually been kind of wavering on the Lakers to be honest with you. I I don't know if that's going to be my bold prediction. I don't think it's even that bold, especially with the way the playoff seeds might fall. I think LA LA could be clashing. That's not too unlikely. I don't know, man. I I don't. I'm not nearly as confident on the Lakers, and it's not just because AD went down. It's partially because AD went down. <laughs> But that means that LeBron's picking up more minutes. He rested for the first time and ever after on a game. I think we saw it was like a week or two ago. He rested and nobody really made any comment on that. But I saw that he sat. I don't know. LeBron's obviously, you know, the dude's an Iron Man, like actually an Iron Man. He's played a zillion games and a zillion minutes and he's going to have a zillion stats, turnovers included. But at some point he's got to fade, right? I, I don't think that the Lakers are as threatening as they were a month ago, you know, and I know that sounds crazy, but uh, both LA teams are, they don't look as good as they did. And I think you see some, some young talent in Utah and Phoenix and I don't know, they're hungry, dude. Yeah, they're, they're definitely hungry. I'm still not willing to bet against the Lakers right now, but I see what you're saying. I've definitely wavered on them over the last month more yeah, so I than I did at the beginning of the season. 
But the other thing is the Lakers will absolutely get some veterans to come to their team this season, right? That, that's just an easy shoe in. You can guarantee that they'll get some some sort of veteran here and there. Like one Trevor Ariza, like whether he has any sort of impact or not, he hasn't played in this season, I don't think. But I can almost guarantee he will somehow find his way on the Lakers this season, right? And players like that that are just like, you know, ring hunting because why not? They're 35 plus right. and that they, they want to go join a Lakers team where they know there's no bullshit and they just want to win. LMA. Just, you just have to know that's going to happen. LMA option. Agreed. Yeah. I think that the man. Lakers, you can't sleep on the Lakers at all. Another Maybe. guy, another guy, George Hill. Yeah, where could George Hill go? I think yeah, George Hill could yeah. go to the Lakers. I think George Hill could go to the Clippers. I think George Hill could fit on the Nuggets too as a backup point guard, but tons of guys like that, right? Tier two type guys from a trade or buyout perspective that can make an impact. It's it's just like a fun time of year to see where these guys land. All right, guys, we're going to be on here, but any final call outs on, on trade pieces or buyout options for some key teams? Make it quick if so. No, I just think you guys are sleeping on the Lakers. It's either going to be the Lakers or the Jazz. Suns aren't proven yet. Those are the two. Oh, no, we're going to move on. That's, that's all I, what you, how am I sleeping on the Lakers? I specifically said I'm not willing to bet against them right now. Don't sleep. I'm oh, sleeping on them. Don, Don, it's like Don doesn't even listen to me. All right, let's move on. So uh, I just want to talk about the second half of the season. So it just kicked off. One, I really like the format of how they did the scheduling this year. I think it was really fun to not know the exact schedule for the second half until later on. I thought that was, I don't know. I just think it was kind of cool. And I liked the all-star game format as well, where they did every event in the same night. I thought that was cool too. I hope they learned some some things on this and and maybe take some takeaways and continue it on in the future. Anyways, second half season, right? So we just talked about the first half, how teams can get better in the second half. Do you guys have any bold predictions for the second half of the season? And I want bold. I don't want any of this weak crap where you're making some sort of prediction that that's light and easy and you're gonna be like oh you know see i called that i want something bold something that's unlikely to happen but you think could happen the milwaukee bucks will make the eastern conference finals that's they... not bold don i'm bolder <laughs> tory craig will be an all-star <laughs> that's what i'm talking about <laughs> that's not bold for me that's expectation uh the hornets will will be a four a top four seed by the time the season's over um i think that's that's pretty bold and i think the celtics will lose in the first round and I don't even know if they'll they'll make the top seven seeds in the East. Okay. I'll co- I consider that bold. So Hornets top four seed, I that's bold enough for me. Biz. Okay. This might seem a little out of left field, but I think the Golden State Warriors might finish sixth in the West. Boo. <laughs> Boo. That 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 sucks. That's, <laughs> that's bold. Where's Delco? That's bold. That's bold. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Do you think? So, do you think they? Do you think that they would go higher or lower than that? They're currently uh, in ninth. Well, that's like three games. They're, they're three games out of the six seed. That's not bold at all. And they have like two. We guys want Delco. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. Well, this is what I was gonna say before the podcast started. Oh, we're doing our real actual. I thought we were. This was like a pretend first take. This isn't wish time. Can you just? This isn't fantasy land. Can you just? I think that in the West. In the Western Conference Finals, we don't see an LA team. Okay, that's bold. I like that. All right, and you actually believe that? You don't think I either do. LA, I, either LA teams making the Western Conference Finals? I do. the The only thing that I can see, the only way that I think that they is do that they end is up if playing they, each other. Yeah, and then the they semis. end up playing each other. Yeah, so yeah. that's it. That's really. I think that they could both lose in the um, quarterfinals, really. And the then the semis. I'm guessing is what you meant. Of the yeah. Okay, so I, I like that. That's that's certainly what I was looking for. I, I don't I don't <laughs> I don't believe it, but but sure. Yeah. Um. So I'll I wasn't really sure what I was going to say, but the Warriors, you brought that up. But uh, I'm actually going to go with the the Warriors don't make the top eight and are actually in the play in game in the in the playoffs. I Still don't. I think that the only way the Warriors win is if Steph goes absolutely off, and I just don't know that they can sustain that down the stretch. So uh, I hope I'm wrong. I actually really like this Warriors team this year. 
and I hope that I think they're really fun to watch. Did and you I think just rip on you just ripped on well, Nikki for for not giving a hot take, and then you just said the Golden State Warriors will be in a playoff game when they sit at ninth right now. Yeah, the most lukewarm no, 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 take no. I've heard. <laughs> what are we talking about? Do you, think, do you think there's people out there that would actually say that the Warriors weren't going to that weren't going to make the top eight? Who's, yeah. bet, who's betting against? I mean, them? they're sitting at nine. Yeah, they're sitting at ninth right now, and the Spurs have two games. What do you mean? I think it's definitely possible that the Warriors don't make the playoffs. Obviously, I think that because I think that. Oh, no, they're going to make the playoffs. That might just be the play-in game. They're certainly not falling below the 10 seed. Regardless, it's certainly not bold. (laughs) Okay. All right, fair enough. Uh, It's not bold enough. Okay, so uh, I didn't realize the, the bold police was here today. I, I, uh, what do you mean? You are the bold. You're the commish. I was bold policing myself. I didn't realize there was another, another squadron out there. So let me, uh, I, I, I don't, I don't have another one. I, I'm lost now. I I'll go with, um, I think the jazz are going to come out of the, out of the West. I think that's bold enough because I don't think anyone actually believes that who's betting on that. Uh, I don't know. There's 28 and nine, you know, I but guess. who actually <laughs> believes they're coming out of the West? I don't, I totally see that. I just said it's either going to be the jazz or the Lakers. I don't like, I think most of America thinks the jazz are going to come out of the West. They're 28 and nine. No way. All right. Okay. Fine. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with my heat, take, my, my heat, my heat pick. I think the heat make the Eastern conference finals. I think they're the biggest threat to the nets. And I think that's, what's going to end up happening. Is that bold enough for you guys? That's I mean, reasonably bold, mild, like, uh, you know. I just want Delco back. Is it, are we getting rid of me, Don, or are we getting yeah. rid of Team of Biz? <laughs> me, me, Tori, Craig, and Delco. That's... It's just the Don and Delco date next week? Perhaps. All right, so let's move on. I really wanted bold predictions there. I think we kind of got lukewarm predictions there. But we'll, we'll move on, and we'll see how those picks shake out later in the season. Great shot. All right, guys, let's talk about that granny quiz question of the week. What are your feelings on it? You got any confidence you got this? Well, there's two, so maybe you got one of them, but not the other. Yeah, I don't know. There's a, I feel like there's a handful of players. I, ha- I have some ideas. I'll, I'll give you a couple guesses. This, is, this okay. one's pretty tough. Okay, deal. So let me, let me reread the question, and I'll let you guys each take a couple swings at it. So we didn't have an episode last week, so it's a, a double bonus question Woo! this week. Um, and of course, it's themed around what we just talked about. The first question was, name the most traded player in NBA history. I'll give you a hint. He is a current player in the NBA, but he has not played a game this season. That's a huge hint. I know this one. You just you just gave it to me, actually, with that. Okay. Point, think, okay. All right. So, Biz, you go first, son. Oh, man. Um, can we cut it if I'm really, really wrong? No. I... I, I this is... Chandler Parsons? No. <laughs> can, we, can, we, can we cut it if, if I'm really oh, okay. wrong? Uh, do I get I'll, multiple guesses? Or you can have, we can have one more. I would rather not shame myself one more time, so I'm going to abstain from this vote. That's embarrassing. Chandler go. <laughs> Big shoes to fill, guys. I was not ready. I was going to say, uh, so I was originally, when I first heard the question, I was going to say Jeff Green. And then with you just saying he hasn't played a game this season and just we just talked about and him. he came up in the episode today. Yeah, Tre- Trevor Reza. That's correct. Trevor Reza is the most traded player in NBA history, and he's currently on the Thunder, although he has not played. However, he is not retired. Hence why I think he might end up on the Lakers. All right. Second question. And I'm, I'm not sure if this one's easier or harder. Name the current NBA player who has played on the most NBA teams. So it's going to be from trades, from one-year contracts, whatever. Not that I, I'm th- this really... This one's ha- tough, but once you hear it, I, I don't think you're going to be surprised. He's he, And I'll give you some more hints. He's not like a star by any means. He's just a guy that's bounced around as a backup bench player his whole career. Does he have to actually have like got minutes for these teams? Yeah, he gets minutes. No, has played. Okay. It's not Chandler Parsons. <laughs> Wait, are we sure it's... <laughs> Is it Jeff Green? No, it is not Jeff Green. Don loves guessing Jeff Green. I mean, dude, he's played. For he's so played. He's played. He's played a lot. Yeah, Biz, you got a guess? Oh man, um, I might lose. Don't be. Don't be. Don't be afraid of embarrassing yourself. Just start throwing some names out there, guys. 
too too late for that. <laughs> too late for that. It's okay. I'm. You got to start being comfortable being uncomfortable. I, I can be wrong again. Won't be the last time. Uh, so he's played on the most teams, and it's not Trevor Reza, who has probably been back and forth to a couple squads here. Um, Austin Rivers? No. Oh my God! Get get this man off the show. <laughs> <laughs> get him out of here. Ryan, what position does he play? Is he a guard? Yes. I'll tell you. He's he's from North Carolina, and he went to an ACC school, and he's a fantasy assist machine in his past if you needed assists you picked this guy up and then you dropped him immediately ish smith ish smith is correct he's played on 12 teams he's a charlotte guy you guys should have gotten that uh wake forest guy as well yeah he's he's been on 12 teams he's bounced around in trades and one-year deals and he's just like a career backup third string point guard can't find a home but hey can't complain either, right? The man's been in the league for for a long time at this point. So, cash and checks. Yeah, twelve teams. Ish Smith. Fun fact, right? I thought that was a good one. Yeah, yeah, very fun. I had to pay a, good guy. a lot of them. Shame yeah, he's a, get... he's a good guy. All right, guys, um, that's going to wrap up the show for today. You guys got any final call outs? Anything to say to the Granny fans out there? You all know Papa loves you. Team Don all the way. Miss Delco. Maybe he'll return home soon. He will. He'll come back stronger than ever. I know it. But Team Don, Team Don sucks. Biz, what do you have to say to the granny fannies out there? I will be back. Get of apologize. I will be better. I will be stronger at trivia. Just wait. All right, that's going to wrap it up for us this week. Thanks for listening again. If you can give us a follow on Twitter, it's at Granny NBA. Our Instagram, which is picking up some steam. Thanks to Biz at Granny Shot NBA. Shoot us an email. We're going to be doing some. Uh, mailbag episodes in the future so send us your questions or or any comments or call outs ripping on one of the stupid things many of us said the email is grannyshotmba at gmail.com and make sure to follow us on spotify or wherever you listen to your pods again everyone this is granny shot thanks for listening